She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts' advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. This is episode number 22, transitioning from fear to embodying your own authenticity. In this episode, we have our special guest, Amanda Viator, the communication queen who is best known for her work as an animal communicator, a psychic medium, and a hypnosis. Amanda will be talking and taking us through how to transition from fear of being who you are to fully embodying and embracing your own uniqueness. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you explain to the audience a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Thank you. So I was so excited when like I heard what your podcast was and what you were doing. I was like, oh my gosh, these are my people. Like I, I was like, <laughs> I love this concept. <laughs> so I got started doing what I do actually like by accident. I had like a series of anxiety attacks when I was working like a really, it wasn't even like a stressful job. It was just a normal like stuff normal people do. And I was out of work for three weeks because I couldn't get out of bed because my anxiety, like every time I woke up, anxiety would hit and I was like, I can't function. Mm. And I like realized after three weeks of therapy going twice a week and I was like, this is not working. Like nothing is getting better. I need to try something else. So I saw a hypnotist because I was like, clearly there's something I'm missing. There's a blind spot somewhere. And it in one session transformed my life to the point that I was like, I want everybody to feel this way. Yeah. So I got certified in that. And that led me to doing mediumship because that they're involved in the metaphysical community and led me to doing mediumship. And I realized I was like, oh, wow, this is why I have so much anxiety because I'm talking to dead people. Like, (laughs) oh, okay. (laughs) no wonder like the voices in my head are actually like people oh okay so I kind of just rolled with it and like let myself kind of evolve from there and realize that it it like the anxiety we have comes from all of the weight of all of these like precedences and expectations we put on ourselves instead of just like being who we are and embracing that mm-hmm. and once I learned to like pull apart Voices in my head versus like what was what, what I was hearing, who I was encountering. I was like, oh, okay. Like I know who I am and therefore all of these external things are so much easier to filter. And my anxiety like kind of disappeared from there. Yeah. Um, so what would you do? How do you help someone kind of transition from the fear to just embodying this, who they are, their uniqueness, their authenticity, their, the wholeness of who they need to be? A part of that, like, I feel like with like embodying who you are truly coming from being confident that like who you think you are is who you actually are. So sitting down and getting real with like, okay, what do I believe? Not like, what have I been taught to believe by other people? But like, what do 
I believe to be true. And is that actually true? I know one of the things I told myself was like, I'm not worthy unless I'm working X amount of hours Mm -hmm. or I'm not worthy unless I'm doing this for other people. Unless, unless everybody else around me is happy, like then I can't function. I must be doing something wrong if other people aren't happy with me. And once I realized, I was like, wait a second, other people, how they feel has nothing to do with me. I may have an impact on what they feel, but it's not my responsibility to cater to that. And, and that was a true transition was like not taking everybody else's opinion personally and taking what I thought about myself personally, not what other yeah. people thought about me personally. How do you help people kind of like get over the fear of like what people think about them personally? Like what are some steps that you can give some some women like to let go of that fear? Like it doesn't matter what they think, you know? So one of the things I, and this sounds crazy. So like, I know like everybody, when I say it, they look at me and they're like, uh, I look at life like an acting gig. Like if you were to show up like and try on a role, that role may fit you and you may be great at that role because like it fits you so personally. And then there are roles that you try on that you're like, oh, that does not feel right. And then you don't ever have to do it again. So I like to tell someone, try something different. Just one thing, even if it's a new food, like say you wake up the next day, like, because it's baby steps towards overcoming that fear. It's not just one day waking up and deciding that I'm so authentic right now. And this is how (laughs) I show up all the time. Like, But I think people think that's how it happens, right? That it has to happen overnight, but you don't gain all these fears. You don't gain these things that you don't gain all of these things overnight and overcoming fear can't happen overnight either. So I like to look at it as taking, like, don't choose your biggest fear that you have. Like, so for me, even as an animal communicator, I like, I'm terrified of snakes. I don't like them. They freak me out. I just, it's just a thing. Yeah. So I'm obviously not going to tackle that first. I'm not going to be like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go hold a snake. That's, that's what I'm going to do today. (laughs) (laughs) But I did have a fear of talking to strangers. So I started with, you know what, I'm going to compliment somebody today that I think has a nice shirt on or whatever it is. So overcoming my fear started as just a baby step. So if there's something you're afraid of, like it's really being able to like take a fear inventory, first of all, and sitting down and figuring out what is it I'm afraid of? What exactly is it that I'm afraid of rejection? Is it that I'm afraid of how somebody else will react? Or is it like a genuine fear of like, I'm afraid to do this because I'm afraid I'm going to die. So for me, the snakes, like I'm terrified you're going to bite me or something's going to happen and I'm going to die. Like <laughs> That's genuine fear versus like, I'm afraid somebody's going to be like, please don't talk to me. Yeah. Two completely different fears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. No, that's hilarious. (laughs) But like, and also kind of going back to what you said earlier and about, it's not about making other people happy. It's about making yourself happy. And I remember saying that and people telling me like, well, you're selfish then. And Mm -hmm. it's not selfish to take care of yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself, then how can you take care of the other people that you care so much about 
You know what I mean? Like your kids, you know, your friends, your family all around you. If you're not feeling your best self, you, you can't be the best self for them. If, if that's your MO is to, um, you know, cater to other people's needs. You got to take care of your needs in order to take care of other people's needs. I think it's funny. Like, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, like with your questions of like, what's the best piece of advice I ever received, but literally one of the best pieces of advice I ever received was why is selfish bad? Like someone literally asked me, they were like, well, why is it bad to be selfish? So it wasn't even that it wasn't even that I was, or wasn't being selfish. It's just, why have we as a culture made being selfish a bad thing? It doesn't mean I'm not of service to people. It just means that I'm going to put the oxygen mask on myself before I can put it on somebody else. I mean, they literally tell you to do that on an airplane, but yet when you're putting the oxygen mask on day-to-day life, when it's like, okay, I'm putting the oxygen mask on and making sure that like I am brushing my teeth before I like have my kid brush his teeth. It's because if I get my routine done quicker, that means I can show up better for him because I know my stuff is done and I'm not stressing about whether or not I'm going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good way to put it with the teeth brushing. I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder why as a society, why we do think it's selfish. Like, I wonder what turning point in our history where we started to say, it's not about you. It's about other people. You know, I, I mean, Honestly, I really am curious to see how it's shifted culturally for us. Cause I know, us Americans are all about, you know, other people, that selfish mentality, which it's, it's not selfish to take care of yourself. But I just know that it was a lot of people said that to me when I was like, I want to focus on myself first. And I remember they're like, well, you're selfish. And I just wonder how it came about. It's funny to me, like, like when people are like, that's so selfish. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Like I, like it takes the "Mm," out of it because they're like, I'm aiming to like pick at something at you and make you feel bad about yourself. But if I don't let you make me feel bad about it, then like, it's literally, I think it's more about when it comes to like, oh, well that's selfish. You're you're like thinking that taking care of yourself is selfish. It's about feeling better than other people. Because if I can say that's so selfish, then I can feel better about myself being like, well, I would do this. So I think it like, to me, I look at everything as like even the abstinence movement and things like that, where there are these deep seated, like religious things that like, even though the abstinence movement wasn't like a religious thing, it was just a societal thing for like safe sex and things like that. There are some deep seated, like religious aspects of it where following a certain thing makes people, I mean, think about it. It's like routine, right? Like routine makes us feel better. And collectively thinking something makes us feel better because other people think this way too. So then, okay, I feel okay, but that's not authentic. It doesn't allow you to think for yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's like brainwashing propaganda shit right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's like, well, what if I don't think that? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, So now going back to you, like, how do you help someone? Like, what are like some steps that you take to help someone kind of like go through like the work of, you know, owning it, owning who they are, letting go of the fear. What are the steps that you kind of help someone through? So I call it shadow work and it's been called like lots of different things. 
fault, but really all that is, is like unconscious healing. It's just inner child work. It's really looking at what we've been taught and, and how that impacts us now, because something that we've been taught as a kid may be impacting us in a way that we're like, oh my God, like did not even put that together that like, oh, the fact that, you know, as a kid, I was like forced to eat my vegetables, but now as an adult, I have control issues where I'm like, no, I'm not going to eat my vegetables because I have control over whether or not I eat my vegetables. And it's like, well, that's also like not very healthy. So I had like, it's basically regressing people back to those like core thoughts and figuring out where they're coming from and encouraging them to like, say like, if it's something useful that's serving you, keep it. Absolutely. If it's something that's like hindering you from achieving what it is you actually want, throw it out or get comfortable with it. Like, yeah, for me, I was always taught that like, I was not taught that's the wrong word as a kid growing up, because what I value differed from what my parents valued. It was then seen as like, okay, well, this doesn't have as much value. So you're irresponsible. And it's like, I just value like having this over this. It doesn't make either of them wrong. It just means we value different things. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I like to take people through is doing like a fear inventory, a belief inventory and a value system inventory that allows you to like examine the things side by side. So you can kind of see where, okay, do your fears align with your values? Do your fears align with your beliefs and how are they all interacting and working together on, on a spectrum. Yeah. It sounds really complicated because it all intermeshes. And like, how do you help someone like take that fear that isn't like, how do you help someone like remove the fear? Is it what you mentioned earlier, just by trying something new? Um, how do you, how can someone take away or what am I trying to say? I'm just, how can you help? Well, let's it. Like what's like a fear, like what's a fear that you have? me my Mm -hmm. fear is um oh god I have a lot I'm my own worst enemy that's for sure but um I have a fear of like maybe like talking on stage (laughs) okay so what do you believe to be true about talking on stage like when you think about talking on stage like what like where do you feel it in your body what are you what do you feel I feel like butterflies like in my tummy and almost like adrenaline and okay and it, it's kind of like maybe excitement too but like my fear is messing up speaking like communicating like even with this podcast like talking and trying to sound like I make sense sometimes I feel like I'm just rambling so I mean this podcast is helping me with the fear of talking um and putting uh-huh. myself out there and So I guess I'm kind of working on it. (laughs) Yeah, which is, you know, the first step, right? Like you took the first step to do something about it. Yeah. And now it's just about like looking at it. Like what if, so what if you mess something up? Like what, what would happen if like you messed up speaking? Like what would be the result of that? Well, it would be, I guess the fear of judgment and the thought of like, oh, well, she's stupid or something. You know what I mean? That's like. Okay. So then the fear isn't actually, so that's where like this fear inventory comes into play where it's like, okay, so the fear isn't actually the talking in front of people. It's the fear of being judged. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So do you feel like there's anywhere in your life? So for me, I had the same thing. Like I, I say this with love because I had the same exact thing. But when I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, it's because I love judge like reality shows and things like that. Like, I love that because I love judging other people's lives from an outside perspective. Like, (laughs) I love that. So, but then when it's like a deepest fear of ours, we're like, it's them perceived as like, oh my God, but that means that everybody else is judging me. Yeah. It's kind of like you, exactly. I know. Yeah. I get exactly. It's because like, I'm judging people. So if I'm judging people, other people are judging me, you know what I mean? Or like, right. Yeah. I mean, like, I- I don't know. I, I try not to be judgy. I mean, but I mean, I'm not perfect. That's for sure. And but I have had judgment before and, you know, yeah, I, I am and the a whole human. Process, <laughs> the whole process is actually like not thinking that judging people is a bad thing. It's neutralizing it to be like, wait a second, like I'm judgmental and that's okay. It's not like I'm judging anybody and telling them like, oh my God, you're a piece of shit for blah, 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 blah. Like I can judge them internally. What is wrong with that? It's just that we've believed that being judgmental is wrong, but if we can channel it in a healthy way, that's like, you know what? Eating my ice cream in bed and judging the Kardashians makes me feel really good about myself. So at least my life isn't as big of a shit show as theirs. So it's getting comfortable with it versus like, when those parts of ourself, when we're shaming those parts of ourself, we then automatically think that everybody else around us is going to be shaming those parts of us too. So then we're like, no, gotta keep it, stay in there, stay back there. Like, and that's not authentic. That is living again, living through other people's lens, as opposed to like living through the lens of, wait a second. No, sometimes I do judge people and that's okay. Like I don't shame them for it. Yeah. But when we shame ourselves for it, we automatically assume that other people are going to shame us for being judgmental. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Totally makes sense. Um, so I know you have a master class coming up. Would you like to explain a little bit more about the master class that you have? Yeah, it's called Make Your Own Magics six-month mastermind and it's really about again taking those those fears of like stepping out and embodying your authenticity because I know for me one of the biggest things that held me back for so long was being afraid to like embrace these parts of myself and then be like all right world here I am like uh, I'm out here and because it feels very vulnerable and raw but what I'm trying to do is create and cultivate this community where it's safe to explore your authentic self and then have other people that want to support you as well to like show that to everybody else because having a support system is key when you're trying to step into your authenticity it's not something I personally have found that you can do alone so I wanted to create an entire mastermind where I bring other coaches and things in to help integrate all of these parts of you that are so beautiful and amazing and the world frankly deserves to like be exposed to and to get to know and to then take it and show the world all of these beautiful parts of you rather than continuing to just perpetuate the mask or as I like to call it the like hologram of what you think it should be yeah no that's great and I'll have the link below so you can sign up for Amanda's master class I highly recommend it um 
And so before we go, I have four questions that I ask all my guests. And Mm -hmm. my first question to you is who and what inspires you? So I have a friend, his name is Alex and anyone in the queer community, his name is, um, I believe the confident queer coach, Uh um, coach Alex Ray on Instagram. He's one of my best friends and he on a daily basis inspire like he inspires me and um just to like be more confident and live my best life and my boyfriend Anthony he is an artist and he definitely has sparked something in me to be more creative and to embrace he does he accepts all of me as I am and that has been something that changed my life to be more authentic that's good yeah it's amazing how people are placed in your life to help trigger certain shifts in you and um, oh yeah <laughs> some some things are not by accident <laughs> no, I don't believe anything is. <laughs> yeah and then my second question is what is something you wished you knew when you were younger I wish I knew that like life is not as serious as we make it out to be like yeah. nothing yeah. is as serious as we make it we make it bigger in our head than things actually are yeah, totally. Um, I just had a thought, like, remember you you were talking about how um, just like kind of be like an actor and like play that role, you know, of like your fear. And I would tell my husband, I was like, you could literally be anybody you want to fucking be. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, if you think you're a rock star, you can live that rock star life. If it's in your mind and you believe that you're a rock star, like you're a rock star. Like, you know what I mean? If you, you are who you want to be, you can be anybody you want in this world and your voice in your head can help make that reality. Um, anyway, it just made me think about that. Like it can, it can make it or break it. Like, that's really like, we literally make ourselves or we break ourselves. And a lot of our culture is about breaking yourself rather than making yourself. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, okay. So my third question is what's the essential part of your daily routine? The essential part of my, so I'm a cancer. It's just, it's a habitual, like I love my skincare, like getting up and like washing my face and at night washing my face and doing like the skincare things. is like my self-care time because I'm a single mom. So I don't get a lot of like free time to myself. So that's like my amp up for the daytime and that's my decompress for the daytime and as long as I like have those two things in place I'm like okay I'm good like my day feels settled yeah um did I miss the question what is something you wished you knew when you were younger nope we just did that okay perfect and then the central part of daily routine and then the best advice you've ever received the best advice I ever received you know I know I touched on it a little bit before but I'm like, actually, the best advice I ever received was from a book um, called The Choice by Dr. Edith Eva Eager. Um, she's a survivor. And in the book, it's literally about we always have a choice. Like that, that to me is the best advice I ever received is there is always a choice. And mm-hmm. it may be a choice between two things that like seem really like, eh, but we always have a choice. We just have to take the first step to making it yeah and we have free will to make those choices Mm -hmm. you know so 
That is great advice. Um, I like that advice. We do have choices and we have to be thoughtful in making decisions for ourselves and what's going to be best for us. Um, Amanda, mm -hmm. it was so That's nice having you on. Do you books. have any last words for the guests or the audience before we part ways? No, I'm just, I'm so grateful like that you trusted me enough to have this conversation and like opened up the dialogue to be able to talk about these like super vulnerable things that most people are not comfortable talking about. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, no, well, thank you. And I hope that the audience found it, you know, valuable and kind of help them think about where they are in their mindset. If you're interested in Amanda's workshop, like I said, down below in the show notes, you can have the links and you can work on becoming your true authentic self. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Not Your Mama's podcast, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you in the next one.